You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of the Guy Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so thankful that you are tuned in for another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say welcome to the God Life Culture Podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's conversation and that you subscribe. So take a second right now and hit that subscribe button if you are listening to us on Apple, Spotify, watching us on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. And if you are a returning listener, like always, thank you for taking this journey and this ride with us. We hope that you all had a great Thanksgiving week, a Thanksgiving day, um, weekend, right? It's Mm. like a lot of craziness, right? And I think now everyone's starting to put up Christmas trees. If you haven't already, now is the time where we can officially start playing Christmas music, right? (laughs) And putting up our Christmas tree lights, decorations, all of those things did you have a good thanksgiving yes. yeah yeah absolutely you know we did uh something a little bit different this year i usually ever since i got married we usually just have thanksgiving at home mm-hmm. or maybe with like friends um but i think for the last almost 10 years i've been cooking for thanksgiving okay uh, so I usually make the turkey and then anything extra but this was our first year getting invited somewhere out of state um, so I wasn't going to travel with a turkey <laughs> right? <laughs> or I wasn't going to use somebody else's kitchen to make it. Uh, so that was that was different because okay. I think that part of the tradition, um, at least that we've I've established for the last couple of years, is that like hustle and bustle. Oh, you got to make this. You got to do that. You got to get this together. Um, and to just be able to just chill mm-hmm. is different for me. Um, but you know, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's always good. It's yeah. always great. You know, and new traditions, new things. It's always good. Yeah. Um, you know, we did it at my parents' house this year. So we had my family, my wife's family all together. So that's always, you know, fun. Um, mm. we all get along, which is great, which is always a plus <laughs> because yes. that could be a problem, but yes. you know, it was like, like 15, 16 of us. So it yeah, was a big fun. crowd. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, those are one of the things that I'm always thankful for, but I'm also reminded when i hear other people having issues with their in-laws yeah or the other side of the family i don't have that issue mm-hmm. either you know my mother-in-law is fantastic yeah, we get great. along great my mom gets along amazingly with my wife's side of the family so knock on wood yeah they've even like been together right like, without us together without yes. you guys to yes. take care of the kids and stuff yeah and they'll go out they'll go yeah. when my mom comes up they you know they go shopping they abandon us and <laughs> then they go have their fun time uh, so that's really great. That's something that, you know, a lot of times we take for granted yeah. uh, that other people, oof, especially when the holidays come around, how are they going to mitigate mm-hmm. that whole situation of having to be around people you don't get along. Uh, but thankfully, we are spoiled and that's not our problem. Yeah. Grateful, blessed, thankful. Mm. So now we're entering into the Christmas season. Very yes. exciting. So we just hope that you start making your preparations and. Um, you know, we look forward to, you know, having great conversations in December all about, you know, the holidays and Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yesterday, um, well, actually, probably a few days ago, uh, we me and my dad went to see the Chosen TV mm-hmm. series. Right. They did a special premiere of the first two episodes of season three. 
Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who may not know about The Chosen, it is a TV series, right, that depicts the life of Jesus, his journey of his disciples and here, Je- you know, Jesus on earth. And they have two seasons out, which mm-hmm. is absolutely free to watch on their app. And, you know, if you just type in The Chosen TV series, you'll find it, you know, with uh, collaboration with Angel Studios. And, um, you know, it's awesome. I think it's one of those few series that we have about the Bible, about Jesus and his life. That's not cheesy. That's not Mm. corny. They have like professional actors and even, you know, actors and individuals that have starred in like movies and other TV shows on, you know, different like movie networks and stuff, which is kind of cool. But the way they depict the story of Jesus, in my opinion, is like no other. And it really isn't like anything I think we've had in a very long time. Mm. You know, I remember years ago we had something called the Bible series, right? Where they, you know, went through different stories of the Bible and that was really cool, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, uh, you know, the chosen is doing a great job with, you know, depicting the life of Jesus and putting visuals and all those things together, you know? And one of the big things, um, I think is the idea of the creative license that they take for certain things that, I feel a lot of people sometimes have problems with, you know, Mm. the Bible is filled with content and information. Right. But there are certain things about Jesus, about the disciples that we don't know about. Right. You know, we know what they wrote. We know their perspectives on certain stories, but we don't know really their personalities. We don't know their family life and for a lot of them. So they take a lot of, you know, creative liberty when it comes to, um, those things. So it was just interesting to see their perspective on certain disciples, mm. like, you know, Matthew being a tax collector, you know, having, you know, been called by Jesus and following Jesus now is a very anxious individual, <laughs> you know, like throughout the story. And it's just funny when you see like their p- different personalities and how the creators of the show kind of portray them, you know, mm. they, in my opinion, didn't really do anything wrong or like anti-biblical. Mm. They just kind of took their own freedom as to say, based on what we know about Matthew, yeah. about Luke, about John, this is how we sh- you know, can portray them or this yes. is how we can describe them. Yeah, and I think that at the end of the day, in a lot of stuff, you can even go back to like, I think of like the Prince of Egypt, the cart- the animated, you know, um, movie on the story of the life of Moses had creative liberties yeah. that were also taken into account. And I think that if the core message and the core um tellings of what we actually do have 100 percent, you know like the bible specifically states a b and c then those things have to be yeah you know as close to biblical as possible if not straight up biblical um but then there's a lot of things that you have to fill in the gap with yeah. you know and i think that when you study the word of god and then you study certain disciples and you study certain you know um things that were happening culturally at the time, you know, whether it is because of what society was happening or what each person's oficio, their job Mm -hmm. was doing at the time. I think it also lends itself to create a narrative or character profile on people, even though you specifically did not know how they interacted with certain people, but you can kind of create a profile around that. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because I think, um, you know, when you take that creative liberty, it really does enhance the story, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you're not like, you know, we said kind of, you know, making it anti-biblical, something that wasn't, you know, like it's going against like the mm-hmm. idea of the story. But, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, the writers and producers of the show, the chance that they have to kind of all sit together, yeah. right? I'm sure they all come together in a room and they're like, okay, how are we going to portray Matthew? How are we going to portray this story? You know, the woman with the issue of blood, how are we going to bring this story to life? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Judas, how 
are we going to talk about Judas and his introduction to being a disciple, you mm. know? So I think it's just very interesting, the idea of collaboration, coming together to work on something and how everyone brings something different to the table. Yes. And that's what makes a show, a production, a project so great. Mm. The idea that you have this person's brain coming in here and this person's visual, you know, uh, ideas coming in and then this person's kind of cinematic idea coming together. Mm -hmm. So that idea of collaboration is always great. But in watching the first two episodes, first of all, it was at the theater. So mm -hmm. that was really cool. You know, unfortunately, a lot of these theaters weren't really promoting it. Mm -hmm. So I came across this through social media, um, through another podcaster that I follow that basically posted about it. And that's how I came to find out, right? And then look, going on the Chosen's website and seeing it. But when I went to that specific theater to look it up, they didn't have it, like mm. on their show times, no, you know really. what I mean, for their schedule or anything. I looked at another theater that said, you know, on the Chosen's website that it was playing there. It wasn't on their schedule either. So it was literally like I felt like this underground <laughs> thing, right? Which is unfortunate, you yeah. know, but when you know we order the tickets and when we get to the theater mm -hmm. i noticed that yeah ev the, everyone it was like every seat was taken oh yeah nice yeah so like it was even though right maybe not as promoted through mm -hmm. the theaters people still heard and went oh that's great you know so that was really cool to see that there was clapping after certain scenes and after certain mm -hmm. songs like it was like a big church service at some <laughs> point depending on what jesus said or what the character yes. said you heard a few amens you heard a few you know oh, hallelujahs cool. and claps so it was really cool really cool experience but one of the things that i left there really like impact impacted by was the idea of the disciples of jesus mm. i feel like we don't really talk about them as much mm -hmm. right but these were people, and this is what the first two episodes of season three focused um, on. These were people who left everything mm. to follow Jesus. Yes. They left family. They left their town, you know, the, where they grew up. They left mm. their possessions to go and follow Jesus. Mm. And I think that, you know, we talk about that or we read about that sometimes where Jesus says, come follow me. You know what I mean? But these men literally left everything behind to go and follow mm. Jesus. And, you know, one of the things that the show kind of depicts is how their life was at risk for following Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea that because they chose, you know, to say yes and follow Jesus, their life was in danger. Mm. There were people out, you know, to get them that did not like Jesus, that did not like what Jesus was doing in his ministry. Mm -hmm. So that was just one of the things that watching this i left there encouraged right but also like man like we need to read more about the disciples of jesus mm -hmm. and look at that more and see you know the cost that they paid to follow jesus yeah absolutely and i think that you know those are kind of the things especially i think in the beginning you know those are the things that we kind of like flippantly or like very just casually say the idea that they left everything behind yeah you know to follow jesus and then we kind of like follow certain disciples' journey through the Bibles and then, you know, the conclusion, which almost all of them had very tragic yeah. conclusions. Um, but it's kind of like it's it, we, we speak about it in a form of fairy tale um, mm -hmm. that doesn't give the weight of 
the not only the importance of the decision that they made, but the pressure that they were under, you know, because Jesus was someone who was going around to a lot of places and people loved him and multitudes followed him and people saw the miracles and the great things that he was doing. But it ruffled a lot of people's feathers. There was a lot of people that were against him as well. And, you know, we see evidence of this in the Bible as well. You know, when Peter is asked about if he knew Jesus after, you know, uh, Jesus is arrested and he's afraid for his life and he's denying it so many times. Um, but it is true. I think that there is a focus that, you know, we don't usually give to the disciples. Mm-hmm. And I think that through the medium of this show, um, it kind of highlights their life and their stresses and their scenarios as well that sometimes we don't even pay mind to. Yeah. And, you know, like, for instance, one of them, you know, they had just left to follow Jesus and, you know, they were out and Jesus was doing his sermons and, you know, so many people there listening. And then they come back home, the mm. disciples, and they come back to their families. Some of them, their wives, their, you know, fathers, and some some of them didn't really have a place to stay because they had left to follow Jesus mm. and kind of left everything behind and didn't have a place, you <laughs> know? And one of them, you know, it's just funny because, again, this is where they take their creative license. One yeah. of the disciples had just come back to be with his wife and, you know, tells his wife, you know, I think it's time we start a family. I mm. think it's time. And then that same or the next day, Jesus has a meeting with his disciples. And basically, this is the moment where Jesus sends them out two mm. by two to different parts and then goes to that specific disciple and sends him like so far from mm. where he where he is now and where his family is, yeah. you know. So it's just one of those things where, you know, they show that disciple looking at his wife because it was at their home and the wife is like visibly upset Mm. at that news because she thought like you were going to be here longer. Yeah. So it was this whole idea, you know, behind these people had to make sacrifices, Mm -hmm. you know. And again, that's not in the Bible. We don't know, you know, but it's implied that these were Mm -hmm. men, you know, some of them had prestigious jobs, right? Some of them had money. We look Mm -hmm. at Matthew being a tax collector. Others of them, you know, we don't don't know that much about Mm -hmm. but these men left everything and made sacrifices you know to follow jesus Mm -hmm. and trusted Mm -hmm. that this man was who he said he was you know what i mean that it's not like this is just anybody saying he's jesus he's a savior he's the messiah he's the rabbi it's like no we believe Mm -hmm. that this is what it is and you know in one of the scenes where jesus is talking to them one of the disciples you know basically asks you know how safe are we Mm-hmm. to go out there you know look at the multitudes look at the people there are people that don't like you there are people that you know are threatening you and us and like basically asking jesus are we going to die mm. and there was this intense moment where jesus kind of puts his head down and like doesn't really i want to say answer the question as clearly mm. but basically lets them know you know that may happen Mm-hmm. you know, and lets them know for the sake of my name and for the sake of what you do. Mm-hmm. But ultimately in the same way that in the end, I'm going to have the victory. Mm-hmm. You will as well. Yeah. And it was like this weird, just silence in that table because these were men that realized you may not come back, mm-hmm. you know, to your home. You may not come back. And all 12 of them, you know, before they left, uh, to go and you know do what they had to do they all like did this powwow last powwow where mm-hmm. they're talking to each other and basically saying this may be the last time we're all together mm-hmm. so again we sometimes forget the humanness of yeah. the disciples and their emotions and feelings and the fears that they must have worked through mm-hmm. when this happened yeah and i think that it also it's you know that that moment 
is powerful, you know, and, and I would interpret it as, you know, we are people who serve a living God, who serve a powerful God, who, you know, when we pray, we pray for God's guidance, but we also pray for his protection. Um, but being a servant of God does not guarantee you immunity. Yeah. You know, it doesn't give you... Um, it, what's that like you know you, you you're never gonna get hurt you're never gonna die you're never gonna face dangers you're never gonna face you know moments of trouble no we do and you know yeah. what we pray for is god's strength for in the moments of difficulty we're able to surpass them we do pray for god's protection because you know there are certain things that god in his love and mercy can remove from our path mm -hmm. but the reality of the situation is and like i mentioned before you know these disciples found themselves in horrible endings for yeah. their life uh but they are in victory mm -hmm. and i think that the idea of being in victory in the spiritual and to be in victory and to be in heaven you know for a lot of people is hard to digest yeah because of the idea that oh man i'm gonna have to have a sucky life mm -hmm. possibly but i'll be in victory in heaven you know that you know people can't compute that in yeah. their mind um you know but at the end of the day we pray that mm -hmm. we won't have tragic endings we pray that we won't have tragic uh trajectory in life but at, it all is to e in the end goal to glorify God, um, which I think that that's what that moment, yeah. you know, kind of like implies or like symbolizes in yeah. a way, which is that, you know, I could protect you. You know, I could make sure nothing ever bad happens to you. But the reality of the situation is that it's possible that it will. Yeah. And it's funny. I'm not going to, you know, say too much, you know, for the people who are actually going to watch it. But you know, in that moment as well, I think we also learned the idea that everyone's journey is different, mm -hmm. right? And Jesus knows the end from the beginning and Jesus knew the end from the beginning, even when he sent them out, mm -hmm. you know, and just like we had that one disciple who was planning to start a family with his wife and now Jesus is sending him off, mm -hmm. you know, there was another disciple, Thomas, that they portray who wanted to ask one of the ladies that, you know, were in his um, area to marry him. And, you know, he was about to talk to Jesus when Jesus called this meeting. So now he's hearing, I'm about to be sent off. I wanted to ask for Jesus' blessing mm -hmm. on this marriage. So now he's concerned. So he goes up to Jesus at the mm -hmm. end and basically tells Jesus, like, I had plans to ask, you know, this woman to marry me. And Jesus was like, you know, I, that's great. Do you realize where I sent you? Mm. And he's like, you know, to this location. And he's like, and who lives there? And he was like her father mm. so it was like you know go and jesus tells him go and do the mission i've called you to mm. and then after that mission do your mission and he was like go speak to her father and ask for her blessing and he was like and while you're there he's not a believer so put in a good word for me <laughs> so it was like this crazy moment like mm. thomas left that conversation encouraged mm. knowing like jesus knew when he sent me he had this in mind yeah right but it's funny because although that was happening for Thomas, that wasn't happening for the other disciple, Very true. you know, and it's that idea that your season is your season mm -hmm. and it may not be, you know, when you want it to be. It may not be when everyone else is getting blessings and mm -hmm. getting blessed and moving on and getting promotions and everything's good with everybody else. You know, that may be your season of, you know, isolation or your season of trouble or your season of trials. Yeah. You know what I mean? But understanding that Jesus knows and he sees and mm -hmm. he is aware of what you're going through and where you find yourself. And he has a plan. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. Trusting his plan when you feel like, but Jesus, you're sending me here, but I need to do something right here where I'm at. God, you're telling me this, but that doesn't make sense with what I'm experiencing at this moment. You know, the disciples had to trust Jesus. And I think that even today, 
the cost of following Jesus for us today is trusting him, you know, and trusting what he's doing, where he's sending us, what he has for our life, even if for us, it does not make sense. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, there is a cost to follow him. And that was one of the things that just watching this series, you know, really impacted me. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, you need to go watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And at the end of the day, we encourage people to watch it. And, you know, it is super mega popular. Yeah. um, In the Christian circle. It's very super mega popular, um, you know, and it isn't getting the secular promotion that maybe it deserves. um, But we do see the evidence of the support of it. Yeah. Um, and really at the end of the day, it's, it's really word of mouth. Like yep. once you start, you know, talking to people about it, like this is especially now during the holiday seasons, you know, a lot of people really attribute Christmas to Jesus mm-hmm. in their, you know, in their mind. So like, Hey, you know, I just saw this really good series. You're speaking about the life of Jesus. People get really interested yeah. in that versus you mentioning it to them in like June when mm-hmm. they're at the beach, they don't want to hear about it, <laughs> but it's the holiday season. So it's kind of something that people tend to be a little bit more open-minded yeah. uh, too. So if you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it. Yeah. Um, if you do watch it, you know, share it with people, speak about it to family members and friends as something that they can, you know, dive into to just get a little bit, a more visual aspect um, and perspective of the life of Jesus. And, you know, they're still going through it. It yeah. isn't, you know, the ep- first two episodes aren't available on the app as of right now. Since yeah. we're recording, yeah. um, it may be, you know, by the time you watch this yeah. a few days later, but um, you know, it's coming out. It's coming out real soon. Can I tell you one more part? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That had me um, in tears. This is the, I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> so there's this one scene again where after Jesus talks to everyone mm-hmm. and lets them know, one of the disciples comes up to him and asks him, you know, he's walking with his staff and he asks Jesus, can I talk to you? And Jesus is like, sure. And he tells him, you know, you're sending me out. Mm. And you said that you, that we would heal and that we would set people free and Jesus is like, yeah. And he, he, he basically asks Jesus, like, look at me. Mm. I, I'm going to heal someone. And this man had, I think it was James, had uh, an issue with, mm. with walking and, you know, couldn't walk correctly. And, and Jesus basically asks him, do you want to be healed? Mm. And the man's like, yeah, it's possible to. Like, and Jesus is like, it, you know, it's possible. Mm. So the next question that this man asks him is, then why haven't you healed me? Because mm. <sighs> <laughs> I think it's the idea, right? Mm. Like, Jesus, mm. you're asking me to do all these different things. You're telling me to do all these different things. You're using me in this certain way, yet I am messed up. Mm. You're asking me to heal people, yet I need healing. Mm-hmm. And Jesus like gets real close to him, puts his hands on his shoulders, and is looking at him, and is basically telling him, you know, your story is so powerful and he and it was that moment where like i felt like jesus felt this man's pain and Mm -hmm. worry and concern Mm -hmm. and jesus basically you know tells him you know in summary you know i could heal you Mm. and you can go and tell your story there are dozens of people hundreds of people who will have the same story Mm. he was like but how much more powerful is it for you to stay with this and speak to others in spite of what you feel in spite of what you have in spite of this affliction that you're going through how much more powerful would it be for you to speak about believing in me and believing in what i can do when you yourself are still 
with your infirmity. Mm-hmm. And James is looking at him like, why me though? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was his whole idea. Then Jesus tells him, you will be healed. Mm. And he was like, you know, it, it's going to happen just in time. But Jesus was letting him know the healing is going to come when you go back mm-hmm. to be with God. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And tells him your story is so powerful mm-hmm. and your calling is so powerful and what you're going to do is so powerful. And as Jesus is talking to him, Jesus is really like almost like emotional telling mm-hmm. him this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And telling him like how powerful he is and letting him know, you know, you may stay with that infirmity, but your story and how you're going to reach people because you have faith in spite of what you're going through mm-hmm. and because you believe in me in spite of how you feel is what's going to captivate people and yeah. is what's going to make a difference, you know? But Jesus lets him know you will be healed and basically tells him just hang on <laughs> a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. But that whole scene was like a nice eight-minute scene mm-hmm. and it was a very, very, I mean, for me, emotional. But the idea, I think it answers the question why God would heal certain individuals mm-hmm. and does not heal others yes. or how God could use leaders or use people to speak about certain things when they themselves mm-hmm. are going through that thing or struggling with that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a mystery we will never understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure James left there still like, okay. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, and I, and I, and, and I think the moment is powerful um, because it is something that a lot of times us as churches or you know, like people uh, that believe in God, do not speak on, which is the idea that we believe in a God who is a healer. We believe in a God who's the redeemer. We believe in God who can restore. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's guaranteed for your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that at least for me personally, so I think that for many years, you know, I was always preached about God, the healer, God, the redeemer, God, the restorer, that when I find myself in life needing a healing, a restoration or, or, or something from God, um, like I would get angry with God because I'm like, but that's what we've been taught that you do. Mm-hmm. We've been taught that you heal. So why is it that you're not healing me, even though I'm still serving you, even though I'm still dedicating my life to you? And it's an erroneous way to serve God because it creates roots of anger and bitterness Mm -hmm. in you when you are serving God because he is able to do all these things. But when he doesn't do it, then you want to call him like you want to throw them in his face of like, yeah, but you you're the healer. Why are you not healing me? Um, And then we become upset when we hear the idea that, yes, but God wants you to serve him in spite of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we set people up to, to walk in a life of Christianity and in the service to God with the fake, not the fake, because it's not fake, but with the false, um, with the false idea that they will be able to reap all of the benefits that one can find in God, I think that that creates moments for people to be angry and bitter with God. But if we were to, from the very beginning, teach people that there are many great things that we can find in God, but if it is in his will for us, for those things to happen, they will. But if they don't, then we still continue to serve Mm -hmm. God in spite. And I think for me personally, it was like I had to learn that in reverse. It had to be years of, you know, fighting with God and asking God so many questions or whatever to then, let's say, in my late 20s and 30s to come into the realization, oh, but it's in spite of that, is that I'm supposed to serve God. And the idea that I believe, you know, processing everything after watching that, 
I believe that healing also isn't always what we expect. Mm -hmm. Because I took, after watching that clip, I also took this idea of what if Jesus was telling James, you will be healed and you will be healed not from your affliction, but from the need of needing healing. Yeah, that's it. You know, you will be healed not of the actual thing that's bothering you or tormenting you or that infirmity, but you will be healed from the desire to need healing mm-hmm. in order to do what you need to do. Yeah. And it's this idea that a lot of times there are people that won't do certain things until God steps in or mm-hmm. they stay angry until God answers them or until God heals them mm-hmm. or God moves in their life the way they're asking him to. And it's like, you know what? Your healing may not look like that thing being taken away, but that healing that you know, God has for you is actually a healing of you will still be able to move forward. You will yes. still be able to operate, to yeah, function, yeah. to be effective in spite of that condition, in spite of that struggle, in spite of that sickness or disease, you will still be able to fulfill your purpose here on earth and be at peace and be okay and receive the, you know, acceptance that God, you know, is doing what God needs to do. Mm-hmm. But when someone else gets healed and when someone else gets restored and when someone else gets that petition answer that you're waiting for, you will be at peace, mm-hmm. right? Knowing that this is your story. And I think that oftentimes, you know, we, like you said, we're just brought up thinking God is a healer. So I get sick. God is going to heal me. And mm-hmm. this is what healing is going to look like. I will no longer have this disease. Yeah. That is one form of healing, mm-hmm. but I'm, you know, positive that there are many different ways that God heals us in many different times. And, you know, God will use different things. So definitely I left encouraged, you know, watching that. And, you know, it's something that I think, again, if you haven't checked out the chosen TV series, go Google it, you know, go to their website, check it out. You know, the creator is Dallas Jenkins. And, you know, I think he's doing an amazing job at, you know, portraying the stories of Jesus, but also bringing up relevant points and Mm -hmm. topics to today, right. And issues and questions that people have today. Why is it, you know, that Jesus won't, or God just won't heal us and Mm -hmm. heal everyone and answer all our petitions. And why is it that for some people, it seems like their story and their life is so unfair and for others, they have it so easy, you know, um, so like I said, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It was amazing. And I think that you will re- you know, really be blessed and understand that there is a cost to follow Jesus mm-hmm. and it's not new. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a 2022 thing that, <laughs> you know, this is a thing like from the disciples era. Yes. You know what I mean? They had to give things up and they had to sacrifice and they had to let go of so many things in order to follow Jesus. And they had to do it sometimes blindly mm-hmm. without knowing, you know, where they were going to get their food, where they were going to, you know, how they were going to work, how they were going to get money. Um, but they did it anyway, trusting. Yeah. yeah. So if you find yourself in a position like that, where you feel like God is moving you to start something new or even to move somewhere or to, you know, change something in your life and you don't have all the answers on the who, what, when, where's and how's of it, um, just pray, be sensitive to his voice and know that if God is calling you to action in reference to something in your life, that means that he knows and he'll put everything in place for you to be successful in that area. Absolutely. So thank you so much for tuning in 
in today. Be sure to follow mm-hmm. us on Instagram, Facebook at God Life Culture Podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating. And we hope that you uh, will continue to come week after week to check out our podcast and that you would share it and spread the word and definitely um, enjoy this holiday season that we are now entering into the Christmas season. And we hope that you um, are just encouraged and blessed. Yeah. So thank you once again to tuning into the latest episode of the God Life Culture podcast. That's God God Life Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. Bye.